You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really glad that you tuned in today. Hey, as we launch today's episode of the podcast, man, I just want to share some good news. You know, one of the things I want to tell you I'm excited about is this Sunday we're expecting uh, to be able to celebrate baptism with with two friends. You know, I did baptismal counseling today, and it was just fun to think about the way God is bringing new life to these two adult ladies that we're going to celebrate with Sunday. So I cannot wait to see you 1030 this Sunday morning to celebrate um, just good news. You know, the other thing I want to I want to you know, brag about right now is just, man, I'm so proud of some of our church members. A whole lot of you got in behind Ken and Angie Stewart as they wanted to help uh, the Hurricane Laura victims. I know that the entire Sunday school class that they're part of and lots of other church members and people from all over the city did a phenomenal job donating funds and supplies. And we had church members that drove all the way to DeRitter and back. I think they got back, you know, in the middle of the night in order to come around this this family of believers at Carterville who had a God-given mission. So, man, here's a shout-out to everybody who contributed, to everybody who drove those goods, um, and just to the way that the Lord used all of you. Very proud of you. Today's podcast episode is a devotional podcast for the book of Acts. I'm excited to read the book of Acts with you as a church family while I'm preaching about it on Sundays, just to work through it with you on the podcast. And I hope that you are working through it at home. So our devotion today, we're going to wrap up Acts chapter 5. The, there's been great tension between you know Peter and John who healed a man outside the temple and the high priest and the Sadducees and the temple leaders. Basically, as Peter and John have healed a man and begun to preach about Jesus Christ, the temple leaders are feeling shamed and guilty. They're feeling jealous. And they arrested Peter and John, put them in jail, but the Lord let them out in the middle of the night. And so they wake up the next morning and somebody said, hey, those guys you arrested, they're out there preaching right now. Man, they were filled with jealousy, so frustrated. So they brought them in again. And I want to I want to share with you this episode. So chapter 5, verse 27. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We're witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. So it's interesting to me that when Peter and the apostles were back in front of the court, They went right back to the same conviction they had the last time. They said, hey, we've got to decide whether to listen to you or God, and we are going to be faithful to God. The other thing that's really interesting to me is that they went straight back to the gospel. You know, they wanted to tell anybody who would listen that Jesus has brought life, that his crucifixion and his resurrection has brought hope. 
But this is the crazy thing for me. So in the last podcast I did on Acts 5, we talked about how these leaders were jealous against the apostles. So there was that negative reaction to what God's Spirit was doing. Well, today, man, I want you to see how self-centered and guilty they are. So they said in verse 28, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. He said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And I want you to hear this and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Well, in fact, they were guilty of the crucifixion of Jesus. I mean, they rejected Christ, put him before uh, Pilate and Herod and demanded a crucifixion. So they really are honestly guilty of the death of Jesus. But they are, all they can see in this is that Peter and James, who are trying to preach the gospel, who are trying to show them the pathway to life, all they can see is that these apostles are saying that they are guilty of the death of Jesus. So the leaders aren't listening to the gospel that Peter and John are preaching because they cannot get over the fact that the apostles are saying, yeah, you guys are guilty. The crazy thing is, if these leaders would look up at this moment and say, hey, we recognize what we did and we repent, then they would be exactly like the believers in Acts chapter 2. And they would repent and be baptized. They'd be saved and they would be part of God's hope for their people. But they were blinded by the stumbling block that this required them to admit that they were guilty. And they weren't willing to do that. Now, for these folks, they're high-profile leaders. They're powerful people in charge of the temple. Like Publicly, this would have been difficult for them. But stop and think about it. In reality, the gospel still works the same way. How many of us are offended by the gospel because we don't want to admit our own guilt? Not necessarily that you called for the crucifixion of Jesus, but it was our sins for which he was crucified. We don't want to admit that we need a Savior because we don't want to admit that we have sin, that we're guilty. So when the temple leaders are looking at Peter and the apostles and are saying, you insist on trying to make us guilty of this man's blood, to me, that's very similar to the response some of us have to the gospel and the cross when we say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a good person, and you're telling me that I need Jesus? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. So I want to encourage you to move over the threshold that you would stop worrying so much about your pride or, wait a minute, are you saying I'm a sinner? That you would relax and be free to respond to God's Spirit and allow God to do what God has come to do in your life through Jesus. But that does require that we're honest enough about ourselves to recognize that we need a Savior. As the story moves on, I think it's really powerful when the apostles begin to preach about what they believe about Christ. So Peter says this in verse um, 31, God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. So the amazing thing about this is that the very leaders who are opposing the apostles right now, the temple high priest, the temple leaders, the very leaders who are opposing Peter and the apostles right now, they are the leaders of Israel. And the thing that Jesus wanted to do is to bring the whole world to the kingdom, but especially to allow Israel to inherit the promises God made to Abraham. In other words, like the t- these leaders believe in their mind that Peter and the apostles are against them, when in fact, 
Peter and the apostles are for them. Jesus was for them. And I know there's no way they could get this you know, through their worldview. But I just want to ask you, do you understand that Jesus is for you? God has not come just to condemn you. and God has come to rescue and deliver you. And just as Jesus literally is the hope for Israel, he is the hope for you and for me. Like he's come so that we could be led to repentance and receive forgiveness of our sins and that we could experience the age to come. So these temple leaders, man, they could not see past their own guilt, their own self-image. And I want to ask you, as God convicts your heart with gospel truth, what's your response? Do you become defensive? Are you more interested in your public appearance or avoiding shame? Or do you recognize Jesus exalted to the right hand of God so that we can repent and be forgiven and enjoy kingdom of heaven life? Well, basically, here's what happens. So the apostles are put in another room for a moment, and a rabbi, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, begins to reason with the people. And he tells them, you know, there have been several uprisings by people who thought they were a Messiah figure. And every time there was an uprising, it dissolved. When the leader was killed, it went away. So here we are with one more. Jesus has just been killed. If this is born in the hearts of men, if this is a construction of, you know, of some false Messiah, then with his death, this will go away if we can just wait. But on the other hand, if this is from God and we try to resist these guys, we'll find ourselves fighting God. I want to read those words to you. In verse 38, he says, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. And with those words, he persuaded them and they let the apostles go. And the remarkable thing is these chief leaders, these pastors, these teachers, like in this moment, it was crystal clear that this would dissipate or live. And it lived. But when it continued to live, instead of submitting and repenting, they became God fighters. Literally, the word in Greek, and this is powerful, uh, accuses these individuals of being God fighters, people fighting against God. I know they would not have wanted to see themselves as God fighters, but in resisting the gospel, that's exactly what they became. And so I'm looking at you and me and our church and the people we'll share gospel, the gospel with this week. And I just want to beg you, let's do not define ourselves as resisting God. Don't be a God fighter. Because as the rest of the book of Acts plays out, religious leader after religious leader after religious leader, in one town after the other, in the temple in Jerusalem, in the synagogues all over the Mediterranean, found themselves as God fighters. Stoning Paul, imprisoning Peter, attacking the apostles, resisting the gospel, God fighters. And I don't want us to find ourselves there. So I want to encourage you, church family, welcome the movement of God's spirit. Man, I love these stories about how the church continues to progress. I encourage you to find yourself where Peter was, to be willing to say, man, I'm going to listen to God, not to you. I encourage you to see that Jesus is not just trying to call you out for your sin. We are guilty, but he has come so that he could 
let us repent and be forgiven of our sins. Embrace that. And whatever you do, do not find yourself fighting against God. Let's join him. Let's build the kingdom. Church family, I cannot wait to see you this Sunday. A uh, quick reminder that our 815 service has more room than our 1030. It's got plenty of room in the 815. I would encourage you, if both services work equally well for you, join us in the 815. I can't wait to see you. Church family, I love you. God bless you.